Good morning, everybody. It's the Bickers Report. Report. Season three. Season three. Here we go. It's the Bickers Report. No kidding. It's Serendipitous Sunday, June fourteenth, two twenty. Crawling all over me. And we're gonna launch right into it today. The city is Johnson. How are things going? And the final round, the Charles Schwab Challenge Golf Tournament. Do we have to know? I think you do have to know. They're going. They're going quite well. Um, after ninety-one days without golf, the boys are back in town. Um, beautiful day in Fort Worth, Texas, at the Colonial. Um, a packed leaderboard right now. We have Colin Morikawa and Xander Shoffley atop of the leaderboard. Um, some very good players didn't make the cut, but um, there's been some notable changes in some of the players. Um, one guy, um, DeChambeau, Bryson DeChambeau gained about 30 pounds in three months in order to get some more distance off the tee, and Gary Woodland lost about 25 pounds in those three months in order to increase his stamina. Both are playing good, but so far DeChambeau is playing better. Um, there have been some so really the t- nice the total the total PGA Tour weighs the same amount as before the pandemic, but the weight is distributed among different golfers differently. Maybe that's it. <laughs> I think the, the law of conservation of mass yes. intact applies to yeah. the PGA. Yeah, weight yes, cannot be increased or destroyed; it can only change shape. I think this is a an, an academic paper that the Bickers Report could produce. Oh, my, that's, I think that's a terrific idea. Oh, this is Colin Marakawa, who's one of the leaders here. He just missed a putt of about two feet. What happened there? I, ca- I could have made that shot. What's going he's on? A little bit, he's having some late yips. He, he he's got a four. Up. That's he's, not good. He's, only one, he's young. He's only one won once on tour. He's only 23. Well, he's he not going to win that way. Up. He better put on 30 pounds and take off 30 pounds. Yeah, he may have to Ooh, put that on guy hit a red crayon all the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the track man. That's the track man. He that's hit the track man the all that way? That follows the ball because we can't. Oh, it's like a graphic? It's a graphic. I see. All right. I thought he hit a, a a thing of oil paint or something. Oh, that's a lovely little <laughs> pond they've got there. Uh, that's a lovely little pond. Are they going to swim in that? No. No, no, that's not for swimming. So this, is this that's Colin Marikawa again? You might be watching something a little different. Let me see. Is it, you're about to see a tee off? Someone tee yeah. off? Is that right? Yeah. Um, that looks like it's Marikawa. He just got done putting, and he's already driving? Yes, he's, it's, a, it's a par three, got an eight iron to 185 yards. You, you and I would have driver to that. But that's a pretty nice shot. He's about 30, 25, 30 feet away. This, this guy's playing in a little uh, sand pit here. Let's see who you talk. Who we, you must, you're ahead of me again, I think. Oh, really? Um, but it, yeah. Oh, okay, here we go. Who is this? I think he's, that's Jordan Spieth. He's in the he's in the dust and dirt. Oh, he made a big cloud of dust, and he hit the ball yeah. right past the hole onto the. Oh no, it stayed on the green. 
one of the co-leaders. Folks, I'll make you a deal. Yeah. I'll, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to our listeners. Yeah. I'll start my own podcast with my mother, and we refuse to have golf in it. We will have no golf in it. And Thucydides, maybe your uh, respective potential podcaster down there would like to join us for a no golf podcast. It sounds empty and hollow, but we can try it. Yeah, um, it, it sounds empty of all meaning. It sounds well, like a kind of nihilist. Yeah, it's, it's what are you going to talk it's about, not, Nietzsche? It's doing a favor would... to the world because it makes it so that you guys just have to deal with each other on this podcast full of golf for 40 minutes. And the rest of us the can what? talk about interesting things. The w- listeners would lose the will to live if we had no conscience. I think that's right. I think, I think it would empty the airwaves of much of the inspiration that we provide. So on our screen, they're showing Byron DeChambeau talking. Is he the one who gained 30 pounds or lost 30 pounds? He's the one who gained 30. I like to call him Bryson DeChambeau for obvious reasons. Oh, yes, because he has a nice chapeau on his, uh, on his uh, tat. Yes, and I, 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 don't, I have a hard time warming up to him for some reason, so I, he's the chap out of me. Yeah, he I looks, will give you oh, one, human, one, strong, one good human interest story. Just one stroke back is the only Jewish player to have won a golf tournament since 2004. What is he called? His name, he, he's called Daniel Berger. Oh, we just he saw was, him. Yeah, he, we just saw him miss a pop a few minutes ago. No so one, Daniel one, Berger... One he, stroke back. He's, he's among the leaders, so we're rooting for him. He's the only player, the only Jewish player to have won a golf tournament since 2004. I'm going wow. and getting a drink. Tell me when we're no, 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 come back, back here. We're going to go to the other programming oh, now. Goodness. Yeah. All right, let's, let's start with the other stories, and then we need to talk right. to you. There's and so join, join it. We, we actually, we have a number of things to talk about here, so please join in, because we have some... Okay. We have some Interesting moral issues to talk about today. <sighs> All right, go ahead. I'm good. I love yeah. moral issues. Yeah. And in actual news, a Facebook engineer named Brandon Dale says that the following happened. He asked a coworker, a front-end engineer, who supervises recoil and open-source project by Facebook to, quote, add a hashtag Black Lives Matter banner to it, as React, another Facebook open-source project, is said to have done. The other employee refused. Dale then called out the co-worker by name on Twitter for messaging him privately that he didn't want him to add the banner because he didn't want it to get political. Facebook then fired Dale for calling out the colleague publicly, though Dale had been one of a number of Facebook employees who had been publicly critical of the company's refusal to take action against the president's posts on the platform. He says he wasn't fired for that, and wasn't unjustly terminated, but was fired because of the tweet about the colleague. So whose side are we on in this? This guy, this guy publicly calls out a co-worker on Twitter for not adding the Black Lives Matter hashtag to this Facebook program, and Facebook fires him for that. What, what do we, do we, what... Who who's who? Do we think everybody's wrong in this? Do he we wanted think... to make he did want the Black Lives Matter or didn't he wanted the Black Lives Matter and his coworker just didn't thought didn't want to get involved politically in so doing like that. The guy who wants the Black Lives Matter thing. 
Even though he called out his coworker publicly on Twitter for not doing that, you sh- it's reasonable to call someone out for their silence. I don't I, really you're okay. Not wrecking the person's life for calling him out publicly. It's a little drama, but okay. You know, we wouldn't have trouble with the drama if it was some interdepartmental uh, affair of uh, I don't know. Well, isn't this exactly why the Navy, um, the Navy captain was was dismissed of his duties for not going through proper channels? when he was trying to alert people to the existence of COVID on the ship. I mean, I think it's a proper channels issue here. Right? He doesn't want, he doesn't want it to be political. The guy who... Entitled to not, a person is entitled to say that privately, that they don't want it to be political. Yes. Well, that, no, okay, so there's that. And then are you saying you, you then object to the other guy calling him out for it publicly on Twitter? A little bit, yes. Yeah. I think it's slightly unprofessional, as you know. Despite the fact that I don't agree with his stance on it, I think I, I do object to him doing it. Probably. Yeah, I have. I have to say, I'm uncomfortable with everybody on this. I don't. I. I don't feel entirely. Where's the calling out? Like, what was it? He. He. I haven't. I haven't seen the tweet because the the Twitter account is private. So I don't know what the exact language was, and it's not so been any of the coverage. So he called him out on a private Twitter account? No, it wasn't private when he called him out. A lot of people apparently saw it. That's how the Facebook people knew about it. Should we go to more, should we talk more golf? No, we got a baseball one. <laughs> ESPN <laughs> baseball writer Tim Kirchin wrote this yesterday. Quote, Baseball is a small part of a far larger problem in this country and the world. Really? Still, it is an important part. It just didn't feel right that there was no celebration of Jackie Robinson Day on April 15th, no pink bats on Mother's Day, no Memorial Day festivities. There will not be games for Dad on Father's Day. It would have been mm. rejuvenating and inspiring to start the season on July 4th, mm. but thanks in part to the greed of the tone-deaf owners and players, mm. that's not happening either. Mm. The two sides should be doing whatever it takes to get baseball back on the field as soon as possible for the short-term health of the game and for the morale of the country. So we're all big baseball fans, but do we agree that baseball is important? Not, it doesn't come over the lives of people. I don't know what he's saying, but I don't think we should sacrifice any lives for, uh, for, for just to, you know, see some baseball. Yeah, he's saying, he's saying that the, that the players and teams have a moral obligation to solve their problem regardless of their positions because baseball is needed at this point by the country. Dig up some dirt that on sounds, this That guy. sounds right. You they do, do you? have a moral obligation. They do have a moral obligation. They're, they exist for. They exist because of us. They exist because of the fans. They exist for the fans. Without the fans, there would be no baseball. Nobody. They, they wouldn't make a lot of money. I think they should try. And 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 anytime there's a negotiation like this, I think there should be somebody representing the fans, which never happens. You know, we have the owners and the players, but no one ever represents the fans. So can, how do we get? How do we get at the table? Yeah. I, I got to say that it seems to me an historical moment where the importance of sports can't be entirely separated from what's going on in the country. And the disagreement, as I understand it, among the NBA players as to whether or not to play is whether they want to have the bully pulpit of people watching NBA games to stir debate about racial injustice 
or whether they think they should be avoiding playing because of racial injustice. That seems to me to treat the sport as if it's a matter of importance. Saying that we need it so that dads can watch games on Father's Day, I, I'm just not persuaded of at this moment. I wouldn't be, I would, as much as I love baseball, I wouldn't mind there being a little bit less entertainment between now and November and a, a period where Americans were by default sort of urged to focus on some of the things that are going on in the country. That's my feeling. You're not saying anything? You're just going to watch the golf ads? I'm just watching the golf ads. Oh, it's back to golf. So now it's uninteresting. Let's continue. I lost the page, though. Oh, come on. I think that... I I like your stance. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I am... Being a sports enthusiast and a fanatic... And um, also you like golf. What's that? You like golf, too. The Jew is making a long... Oh, we missed it. (laughs) Oh, he came so close. That was going to be the longest putt ever by a Jew. Oh, you're really good. Oh, it's Berger. Yeah, you're, you're 15 seconds ahead. Let's well, wait till you see. It's a long putt, and he almost got oh, it in. Geez, that's a beauty. That's a beauty. That was a great shot. That, that I think, was a longer putt than any I've ever It turns picked. out that the big grocery food manufacturing companies have reduced... The, how many... It must be like 40 minutes by this point. Jeez. It's only been, oh gosh, this is the most agonizing. Read the story. If you get it turns interrupt- out that the big grocery food manufacturing companies have reduced their range of offerings during the current crisis. This is because when people started to stay home, they started to order massive amounts of certain foods, and it's easier for these companies to produce more of fewer foods than more of a lot of different items. There are, for instance, fewer varieties of Oreos available available now than there. Did before. you know there were a lot of varieties of Oreos? Oh yeah, no. Well, there, there are many can't. fewer now. Frito Lay had temporarily paused production of Lay's lightly salted potato chips and Cheetos crunchy extra flame and hot chips, but has gone on back to making those. But not Tostitos multigrain scoops tortilla chips. You can't find Tostitos multigrain scoops tortilla chips anywhere right now. J M Schmucker has skipped Schmucker. Schmucker, not Schmucker. It's it's if the name like Schmuckers, it's got to be good. Is the motto. J M Schmucker has scaled back production of the hazelnut peanut peanut butter and reduced. Sugar versions. What, what happened to you there? You <laughs> just know. you lost your I will to live. Down. This is what well, it is. Without the... not get the goal. <laughs> yeah, you lost your momentum there. I'm gonna continue because yeah, this away. Okay. J.M. Smucker has scaled back production Smucker. of the hazelnut, honey, peanut butter, and reduced sugar versions of Uncrustables, which you turns out I to be a line Smucker of frozen sandwiches and s- pockets. Do you think I have to mute all this? Do I think I have to censor all this? Now this is all about the companies trying Fine, to capitalize on anyway. increased demand of certain products, which means, in addition to the items mentioned above, fewer organic fewer gluten-free, and fewer of other ostensibly niche products. So, here's my question for you guys. Do we think this cutting down of the variety of brands is just the market working the way it does and should, or is there a problem here? Do we think that it's a, a failure on the part of these companies to provide for consumers that they've cut back on all these different varieties during the crisis? Excellent question. I think as long as Pepperidge Farm continues to make the Nantucket and the Milano and a couple others, I think it, 
it's not important. This is actually one thing Thucydides and I can agree on. I miss the Milano. We should get some Milano. Milano is some good stuff. Really? Okay. But, then you, but you may not have the double stuffed Milano anymore, or the dark chocolate Milano anymore. Or the, or the mint thing. or orange or raspberry. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Right, Milano? All right. Here's, a, here's an obligation over the, next, over the next week. We're all going to okay? try some Milano? No, we're going to check. Well, we can do that too. Good. But I want each of us checking on the availability of different varieties of Milano. And if they're not a lot of kinds of Milano out there, then I think we need to be complaining and put yeah, in a word also care. about the Cheetos Crunchy Extra Flame and Hot Chips. Okay. Yeah, let right? know where we stand on this issue. Okay, so one, one, one last item we for like today. We like Extra Flaming Hot Chips? No, it's just an example of a variety. We, I think we actually have a bag in there. It's, oh, been, no there for, it's been in there for years. Huh. You brought it home from school one day. Oh, really? Yeah. Those things so are here's dark listen to this. Artifacts. Here's 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 one last item, and I I, I think you're going to be interested in this one. Okay. All right. Oh, it's uh, the return of Lady A. Well, listen to this. Remember how we reported skeptically that Lady Antebellum had changed their name to Lady A because they figured out that you know the Antebellum South was bad. It turns out that a Seattle blues singer named Anita White has been performing and recording under the name Lady A for 20 <laughs> so years and is not them. happy. Quote, this is my life. Lady A is my brand. I've used it for over 20 years and I'm proud of what I've done, White be. told Rolling Stone As last week. They're using the name because of a Black Lives Matter incident that for them is just a moment in time. If it mattered, it would have mattered to them before. It shouldn't have taken George Floyd to die for them to realize that their name had a slave reference to it, end quote. Representatives for the country group now called Lady A told Rolling Stone that they were unaware of White's use of the name and had plans to contact her. Now, here's the thing. The Bickers report did some research that the band might find useful. And we we tweeted it to them. We don't have a response yet, but we tweeted this to to Lady A. The ball is no longer in the air. It turns out that the name Lady Ant is is not available either. It's on the Okay? There has been a a Latinx musician performing under the name of of Lady Ant for quite some time, so they better not switch to that one. I suggested on Twitter that they just go with Lady Um. Because you can't do Lady Bell. No, you certainly can't do Lady Bell. We're just trying to be of help. You so know? Lady Um, I, like I, like um. It, I think it rolls off the tongue. Lady, Lady Um. um. Lady I think um. we'll just call them Lady Um on here from Lady now on, and, and that will help. Lady Um. So, um, it's time for the big moment in today's broadcast, Thucydides. We've, we've been waiting for this for several days now. We've been making suggestions in the last few programs about what you should use as your theme music on the program. Thucydides, what's it going to be? Well, I, I, I searched my soul um, long and hard for the, for, the, for the answer here. And I like, um, I liked Maynos, but I listened to the song and it turns out that he's really the Tiger Woods of sex. Yes. It's not really otherwise about golf. At all. No, no, no. It's about it's about being, it's about justifying adultery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, however, um, what's McCall? Dolph anti Dolph Alf 
for Bravo, um, while not also not about golf at all, was a great video. The guy wears a tinfoil hat, and he's out in the desert, and it has this real funky groove to it, and there was something about it that, that had a, a little catch for me, and I kind of like Golf Alpha Bravo. And and so which song is that from, from Golf Alpha Bravo? That was called Comet Loop. Oh, the one that we played. That was Comet Loop. from Yeah, that was terrific. Um, I will say this from out there. There's, there's Johnny Trent and the, Johnny Trout and the Flounders did the one called Love the One You Whiff. That's about whiffing the golf ball. Ah. So I don't... But if we... If, if, if you want me to, to choose between these, I like, I like Comet Loop. You're going to go with Comet Loop. That, that is, for now anyway, your official theme tune? Yeah. For now, that's my official tune. Here we have it. You say we deliver. Oh, you can have it. Yeah. Yeah. It actually, I have to say, it goes very well with golf. It, it, <laughs> I think, I think between this and watching golf, the soporific nature of this is just, it's fantastic. I will, I will. There he goes. There's Golf Alpha Bravo. Primal groove, okay. Alright, from now on when we introduce you, it will be to the tune. To, sorry, the tune, not the tune. The tune of of Comet Loop. Yeah. Alright, so we'll we'll watch one last show. Here's somebody named Xander Shafelli. Xander Shafley. Shafley. Don't tell Oh they really that's a lot under. Oh, yeah, these guys are good. He planked it, it says, on the thing. He's got this and two more holes to get it into the clubhouse. Oh, that's an awful shot. Yeah. All right, so we'll we'll go out. Give us the play-by-play on Colin Morikawa, the leader here. Okay, co-leader on 17th hole, third shot from the bunker. Doesn't have much green to work with. It's a very nice shot. He's got about a five or six-footer to save par. Okay, um, and then close, close it out with the Jew. Berger is about to drive here. Tell us about that, and we'll finish with that. Okay, this is the 18th hole. He needs a birdie to get into a playoff. Looks like about a 160 yard shot, and he is in birdie distance. He's got about a 12 footer. He can make that, and if he makes that, he'll be in a. He will probably be in a playoff. Excellent. All right. So when is when are you playing next? Okay, so we need uh, you g- communicate with us as to when you're playing, and that's when we're going to have you give some live play-by-play of your own playing. Fantastic! Oh, okay, yeah, you got it. All right, very good. So uh, take us out of here. I'll send out the details about the podcast that doesn't have golf in it, folks. But for now, the biggest support is uh, not very sensational, not very slap. Uh, not very syllabic. Not very, oh, should, should uh, I have the manatee on? Well, you could, but you yeah, know, okay. if you I'll really want to make it boring, you can... I yeah. love that song. Yeah, that's, uh, I think it makes everybody's heart leap. Well, maybe that's heartburn, I don't know. Yeah. No, no, we love that. All right, take us, take us out.
The biggest part is Mock Sensational Broadcast, brought to you in part by your sponsors here at Shuttle Hub Productions in Underwater Typewriter Studios. Here, wherever the heck we are on a given day, and whoever the heck we are on a given day, we've stopped with the names like us, but you know, that doesn't really matter. Yeah, I couldn't take that anymore. We're still anonymous. Uh, you know, the manatee, uh, just for one thing, they can live in both fresh and salt water. Yeah, the Jewish guy is fighting. Tell me when he does, because you're ahead of me. He made it! He made it! The Jew hit it in the hole. And with that, the Jew has hit it in the hole. And that's another episode of the Big Witch Report. So without further ado, Happy Bickering! That's the first time I ever saw a Jew hit that ball like that. That was a huge What about Bill Whitman? Yeah, big deal. That puts him leader in the clubhouse at 15 under. We'll have to report on the results We're on Tuesday. We're still really talking about golf after all this. So long, everybody. I'm so-